Art of the Assistant, brought to you from the hills of almost heaven, West Virginia, a podcast created to encourage and assist those who are sitting in the second chair of their ministries and organizations. Art of the Assistant, as we continue the topic of criticism. We like this one so much that we had to do two episodes on it. Actually, it's because we've been criticized so much. We took two episodes. <laughs> we'll probably to be criticized by doing. Uh, yeah, well, two that's exactly right. You so, done that in one. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> if that's you, get over it because that's going to be it. another episode coming up too. How to get over it? <laughs> and and as we go on with this second um, podcast on criticism, and if you remember on our last podcast, we just talked about how criticism can affect us. And as those those things come our way, like I said, it's almost like somebody's throwing darts at us. The first couple we can we can deal with, but after a while, man, it just starts to beat us down. And you know, we start to take some things personally. And honestly, criticism can drive us from ministry. Hmm. Criticism can cause health issues. Criticism can um, really affect the way that we preach, that we teach, and that we handle ourselves in in the realm of ministry but even if you're listening to this and, and you're in a, in a job situation where your boss is extremely critical or co-workers are critical it can do the same where you just go home thinking about you know what that co-worker said about you and what they think about you and and so all these things no matter where we find ourselves they they can apply and that's why we felt it was important for us to deal with a topic like this to help us you know handle these situations wherever we find ourselves in in ministry or just in the workplace so we said um, just recapping uh, the last podcast we did on criticism don't focus on the minority make sure you make the majority the focus and not the minority that that are up against you and don't allow yourself to become paranoid when you see your main critics um, whispering or talking and like we said it was carly florino that 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 mentioned in her book 90 percent of the time the people that you think are talking about you haven't thought about you 10% of their life, Mm -hmm. let alone spending their time discussing things behind your back. Don't allow it to bother you. Don't stew on it. If you get it, if you're going to deal with it, deal with it, make it right and, and move on and, and don't become um, distracted and with that criticism to make a stupid decision. And I think I gave an illustration and, and, of a crazy decision that I made based on probably not even criticism, just on what I thought was criticism, but basically it might've just been a question. And you can go back and catch that if you want. And then we'll pick up again with this. You know, if you're criticized, be careful on how much of that you do share. If you need to share that with your spouse, I get that. But just make sure as you do it, you know your spouse. And you know what you're getting ready to do. You know, if if you're listening to this and and you're a lady and you got criticized at work, if you've got a hot-headed, tempered spouse, Mm. you know, you better make sure that the bullets are out of the gun or (laughs) the gas is out of the car because his natural reaction might be, hey, I'm going to set that guy straight. And that could be a bad situation. Or, as we said, in a ministry standpoint, we come back and say, you're not going to believe what those that deacon said about me in that meeting tonight well, then the next church service you have, you know, your wife is ready to tear that deacon's wife apart, and mm. it, she might not even know what what was said. And so we've just got to be careful in how we share and how much we share with mm. those things. Yeah. So as we get started today, Dan, um, since I did all the talking last time, and you've never been criticized, so <laughs> let's let's talk. Let's talk about not so much 
us, woe is me, I'm being criticized. But what about the one that's doing the criticism? You know, uh, maybe if, if it is a member of the church, if it is somebody outside the church, maybe it's an unbeliever. Mm. Maybe it's another pastor yeah. that that is jealous of your ministry and what you guys are doing, and they always wanted a coffee shop, and they don't get one, so they're going to criticize you for having one. Right. You know, how do we handle that person that does the criticism? I mean, what's what's some insight there that you have, and what can you add to that conversation? Well, I think of when uh, Jesus said, you know, let he that lives without sin cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's oftentimes what we're being, um, we're criticizing someone for criticizing us. Uh, we've all been on the receiving end of criticism, but we've all been on the giving end of criticism. We've shared it in the form of prayer request. We've uh, <laughs> shared it. Um, <laughs> In, in the form of many different things, but um, sometimes the critic is insecure themselves. There are times when uh, they, they might have, they may be looking through a, a totally different perspective than we are. And you gotta really look at the heart of the person. Now, you cast out a scorner, the strife ceases. Mm-hmm. And so there are people who um, like to stir the pot. There are people who, if they're talking about other people in your presence, there's a good chance that they're talking about you in, mm-hmm. uh, in other people's presence as well. That's right. And so there's, uh, there are people who are, that they think that's their spiritual gift is to <laughs> criticize everyone else. And um, so consider the source. And if it's someone that you know they, they had that reputation of uh, criticism, then it's, it's water off a duck's back. Mm-hmm. You, you can't, you gotta be thick skinned about some things. Right. And uh, ministry, as, as you said before, um, you know, public speaking is an occupational hazard, right? Yeah, right. Uh, there there is, are going to be times when you're going to be criticized and you've gotta accept that. Right. Um, if, and you know, if, let me let me interrupt. Dan, sure. Talking about that, you know, we have a family member, and I'll my my wife has seventeen aunts and uncles, so this could be a very broad <laughs> and, and eight on another side of the family broad statement. But you know, there's a family member that very quick quick to point out, boy, you're putting on a little weight there, mm-hmm. Trey, or yeah. man, your daughter's getting some pounds on. She better start running. Mm. You consider the source, yeah. You know, because right. it doesn't matter what it is; they, yes. they're going to have something along those lines that's probably not going to be in the positive, right? But at the same time, man, the love is—you know—it's our kids' favorite. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yep. it's just who they are. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. There's some people that you know, whatever the situation is, they—they're going to have a negative spin to it, mm-hmm. and so consider the source. Absolutely, yeah, that's good. I, I think. Something that's very important for us to consider as well is, you know, there might be a nugget of truth in their criticism. And your reaction to that is, well, you know, they said this harshly, they said it in the wrong way, and it may be our defense of justification of this behavior in our life or whatever they're criticizing Mm -hmm. because they didn't... You know, the Bible tells us to speak truth in love because they didn't speak it in love. We we just cast out the truth too. Right, right. And I, I, my mind goes to Nathan and David. And 
I, I've heard, you know, when Nathan approached David and he told him the story and David said, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take action on this. And Nathan says, thou art the man. We have no idea what tone Nathan said that in. We have no idea. I've, I've heard it kind of preached as, you know, that old, that old leather lung preacher took his fing, bony <laughs> finger and stuck it in the face of David and said, thou art the man. That was in my picture you know. Bible. It had to yes, be that it way, had to right? be that way. <laughs> and I've heard other people say that it was in a more loving tone of, David, you know, you are that man. And I have no idea what the tone of it was, but he was speaking truth. And really, it would have been truth no matter what tone he would have said it in. So sometimes we we peg things as criticism. Like, how could they say I'm constantly late all the time? Well, maybe you're constantly late all the time. I mean, that could be a legitimate uh, thing. And, And because you're insecure about it and because of your pride, you're casting everything out. Uh, the old adage of throwing the the baby out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're casting out the truth in that because you don't like how they told you. Yeah. That's well, good. they may have not told you in the right way or mm-hmm. even in the right spirit, mm-hmm. but you do have to ask yourself the question: Are they right? Yeah. You know, are, are they right? I, my pastor, who I have a wonderful relationship with, he is OCD, <laughs> and uh, he very high expectations and. Um, we walked around the building when, when I first came on staff there, it was not pastoral staff. It was just staff. And one of my responsibilities was cleaning buildings. And, uh, that's nothing that I had a whole lot of, um, experience with at 19 years old. And Mm -hmm. so we were walking around the buildings and there's a staircase that no one used to go down in, um, uh, the basement and it was outside, it was fall, and uh, he looked down in there, and there was cobwebs down there. And he goes, what are we doing, decorating for Halloween around here? And I was, I was really hurt by it, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know what? There was cobwebs down there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so I, I think sometimes we, um, we justify wrong actions or we justify um, really problem areas of our life because we don't like how someone told us about those problem areas and we're like well everybody's going to criticize everybody's going to look down on us Mm -hmm. you know and and that's just who they are well maybe it is who they are but maybe there is some truth behind the criticism and we have to look at that aspect of it I, I was um, planning a, a Father's Day cookout uh, as the assistant pastor. We lived on property. We were in the middle of a building project doing a lot of the work uh, ourselves. In the midst of um, the, the construction, they had torn out our phone line. They had mm. torn out our water line. We, we actually had a water hose hooked up um, Uh, on top of the ground that would freeze uh you know through the night and had to wait till the sun comes out and hit and and hit it and until you had water the next day and um and i was just really really frustrated Mm -hmm. uh for the last few months about all of this you know so we planted a father's day cookout i had because you know some people's spiritual gift is criticism mine's procrastination so i had waited to plan this um uh, Father's Day cookout till 
uh, the, the last minute. I'm gathering stuff, thanking the Lord that Walmart's open 24 hours. And um, I had uh, went, we're having a good time, and some guys that had worked um, there on, on the property had come out to the uh, picnic, and they grabbed him a plate of food and sat down there, and um, they uh, were just kind of laughing and joking around and said, oh, by the way, we tore out your sewer line. And so if you have to use the bathroom, you better do it before you go home. And just kind of laughed about it. And I'm like, man, I'm steaming. I am. I am steaming. So um, I get home that day. I get a knock on the door. It's this guy. um, And he's out there um, fixing my sewer line. And um, I went in. I laid on the couch. I went to sleep. I'd been up half the night. And I felt pretty justified in, in my actions. And so later that evening, after my nap, I got up, I walked out, and the, the sewer line still exposed, not fixed. And so I called him, and I said, hey, what do I need to fix this sewer line? And he said, well, you need this, this, and that. He said, are you working on it now? And I said, yeah. He said, well, I'll be over. So he came over. We put a boot on it. We fixed it. Um, and probably should have let it go there. However, I opened my mouth and, and I said something about, you know, them tearing up my sewer line. But he let me have it. Hmm. He absolutely let me have it. And uh, he, he told me what a stinky attitude I had about it. He's working 60 hours a week as a layman and coming in on evenings and weekends trying to, uh, to help the church um, you know, get through this building project and he knocks on my door and, and to fix my sewer line. And I went in and, uh, and, you know, took a nap and I mean, he just, he let me have it. And I very much felt like Dave, David in the David and Nathan situation. And I, I remember walking away from that conversation, upset, upset at him because the way he had talked to me after all, I am the assistant pastor, mm-hmm. right? But really upset with myself because he was right. Yeah, he was right. I had never considered the source. I never went back and looked at his perspective in, in the situation. That's good. And you know, I apologized to him later. We reconciled. We've you know had a, a great relationship. Um, we're working together through that project. But it is easy for us to allow criticism to just be well, you know, that's just them, or they have no right to criticize. Well. That may just be our defense mechanism of not dealing with inconsistencies in our life that we need to deal with. And so, you know, you, you need to consider the source and you need to consider this. You know, they might have a point in, mm-hmm. in what they're saying. Sure. And so use it. Um, chew up the meat, spit out the bones, right? Yeah. Uh, the meat is, yeah, they're right about this. The bones are, they really approached that wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, they were nasty about that but I'm going to use it as, as growth in my life to get better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to allow their attitude in approaching it um, uh, take away the growth opportunity for, for me to grow past yeah. it. So that's, that's uh, you know, you got to examine the critic. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. Um, and I think this will be another podcast. We talk about getting over it, but sometimes we might not feel like we did anything wrong, but in what we did still offended somebody. Mm-hmm. And in the only way they're going to get over it or we can get over it because that eats at us too, we've got to apologize. Hmm. Yeah. And and admit that we are wrong. What they do with it from there is up to them. But right. you know, there's something to be said about somebody who will humble themselves and say, 
you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, David against you said to God against you and you only did I sin. But there was a whole lot of mess, other messes yeah. that need to be taken care yeah. of as sure. well. No, that's good. And, you know, that goes, I think, Dan, to the to we've got to look closely at the past and present circumstances of the person who gives a criticism. For instance, this guy that you're talking about, I mean, in his mind, he's like, I have just given so much time to this church and I'm mm-hmm. working on this. This church has got enough money. They could have paid somebody to come in here and do it. But instead, they're relying on me to do it. And then I'm giving up of my time away from my family and my wife and my football game. And, and you know, he's going to go take a nap in the mm-hmm. midst of all of this. Right. And, and so we're offended without looking at the, the circumstances of somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing where they are. Sometimes it doesn't justify it, period. Right. And, and have you understood where I'm coming? You know, well, I think I do, but it still doesn't justify the criticism that I'm getting. But sometimes it allows us to handle it better. Mm-hmm. Because we realize that, hey, you know, this this person was abused by a father and then by a husband. And then mm-hmm. when when I handle myself or preach a message like this or something comes across this way, right. you know, they're they're automatically offended. But it really is not me. They're they're upset about their past mm-hmm. and they're just tying me into it. Yeah. And so we've got to, you know, we oh I'm so sorry, you know, um, I didn't even think about that and just move on. Mm-hmm. You know, in a situation, it, it still can call for an apology, yeah. And and for their sake, but we've got to look closely at where they are. Yeah. You know, they they could be in the middle of a lawsuit. They could be in the middle of getting, um, you know, fired from a, a position or losing their job, right. or they're they're getting treatments and they're on medication. Hmm. Um, maybe they need medication. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, you know. And in all those things, so so you really got to look closely at that person, and and where they are with that, because yeah. you don't maybe necessarily know where they're coming from or what's going on. And God can give you wisdom in seeing through those things mm-hmm. and and see what's happening. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and what's so? I, I would say before you would talk to other people about the criticism that you're receiving, you ought to talk to the Lord about the criticism yes. you're receiving, and allow the truth of His Word. And, and the direction of his spirit to, to reveal to you, um, you know, what, uh, what really is at play with that other person and what really is at play in, in your own heart. And I like what uh, uh, you said about this subject is, you know, take it to the Lord with an mm-hmm. open mind and an open Bible. And that really is so very important as well. Yeah, I, I like... In every, if you're doing anything for God, you know, Nehemiah says, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down, hmm. you know, and, but there was still Sambala and Tobias. Yeah. And I, again, it doesn't matter if you're in a community of 4,000, 400 or 40,000, hmm. there's going to be a Sambala and Tobias, period. Yeah, sure. You're going to have it. And, and they, they write this letter, you know, and they send it to Hezekiah and he gets it. And what's he do? Does he respond? Hmm. You know, does he post another letter in response? Right. right? No, it, it, the Bible says in Second Kings nineteen fourteen that that he took it, he read it, and then he went up to the Lord's temple and he spread it out before the Lord. Wow! Yeah. So what did he do with that criticism, that threat, and that um, thing that came after him? And he just he took it to the Lord. Yeah. He said, God, here it is. Hmm. So God, here's this anonymous letter. God, here's this letter of criticism. God, you know this person and what yeah. they're doing, and and we've got to take that to the Lord. Something that has helped me. Um, uh, just in recent years even, is I, I've gotten some 
some criticism for certain things and I have written out responses mm-hmm. to that person and never sent them. And throw them away. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's out of me. There's, yeah. there's, there's a release to that mm-hmm. of, you know what? Um, I wrote them, I responded to that. Uh, but I know that if I send that response, that that's just going to incite, yeah. you know, just this back and forth that won't solve anything. Yeah. Uh, so, but writing it out gets it, it's a release from you without involving someone else, mm-hmm. you know. And I know mm-hmm. we bear one another's burdens, yeah. but there's some things that other people don't need to be brought into. Yes. So no, I good. like the idea of spreading that out before God. Yeah. That's really good. And then I think, too, you can you can go to the person. You know, again, this is a difference between pastor and assistant pastor, I think, or coworker and boss. Um, you know, if somebody's got a problem, let's say that... Um, uh, I got to think, let's say the kindergarten teacher is horrible and and I know it, but nobody else does. You know, they think she's one and I'm using the kindergarten teacher because it's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, on the outside, she's wonderful, but I know what's going on with the parents and what's not being done. Yeah. You know, she's just flat out not doing her work. Yeah. So I've got to let her go. And then I find out that her closest friend, the third grade teacher is upset. That was unjust. There was no cause. They were a great teacher. I can't believe that, you know, pastor did that. This is awful. And this is getting spread around. Hmm. Now, if I'm being criticized in that, I've got to confront that head on. Yeah, sure. Bam. Sure. And I can. Hey, I heard you got a problem with me letting them go. Do you know the whole story here? You know, let's talk. What what do you know? And let me tell you what I can tell you. Right. Or listen, I can't tell you the details, but I'm telling you right now, this had to happen. You just got to trust me. And I've had both those conversations. Mm But as an assistant, your hands are kind of tied. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't necessarily do that. Yeah. You can't go to them and say, "Listen, this this is the deal," or "Listen, there's the door." Right. You know. See or you later. That wasn't my decision. Or that wasn't my decision. Right. Yeah. That's and, not how I feel about right. it. I'm I'm acting, you know, under yeah. the authority of the pastor. Right. And that's a tough spot. But I do think, as an assistant pastor, that maybe then, if you hear that that criticism is going on. Uh, man, you know, Treg just doesn't do what the other assistant did. And, man, he's not out there digging ditches the way I thought, you know, the other pastor did and, and running the tractor and those things. And, and man, I don't even know what to do, you know, on a John Deere. I, I thought that's something that, you know, you just decorate your, your farm with. And this just <laughs> illustration. And, and so that person saying this behind my back, well, you know what I need to do? Hey, why don't you guys go out? Let's go to Wendy's tonight after church. Hmm. They need to get to know who you are. Yeah. To see your gifts and abilities, to see what's happening, what's going on behind the scenes, build that relationship with your critic. Mm-hmm. And maybe that will change both of your attitudes. Yeah. You know, if you hit that, you hit that head on. So Dan, let me ask you this then. Um, you get an email saying, you know, uh, Dan, I'm glad you're here as an assistant pastor, but I think you stink. <laughs> I don't I wish we'd we'd have kept the old one. He had never left. Do you take that email and share it with your pastor? Well, I, I don't think I don't think so. Not necessarily. I think the the broader you make something, um, the the more complicated it, it mm, becomes. Good. Yes, absolutely. Um, so if I'm bringing this person in, when all right, they they really didn't have anything in this, but I'm going to mm-hmm. bring them in this because I need to vent. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I I really like what you said about setting it out before the Lord. Um, there are some things that you can vent about, you feel better, but now this person has a skewed view of yeah. uh, the person that wrote the email. 
and you know you can't um, you, you can't present things in a way well there's a person that because especially in in a church setting you know they're going to be wondering who who mm-hmm. that is they're going to have mm-hmm. assumptions and you know if if it's something that you feel has to be dealt with then yeah take it to your pastor but if someone is just criticizing you and really and there's no point to it there there's right. nothing that has to be brought to a, a point uh, then no I, I think uh, again and I, and I don't mean to, to sound um, unloving or uh, or anything uh, of that nature but I think that we have to to have some thick skin in the in the ministry there will be critics there will be people who do not like what you are doing mm-hmm. and they're going to be willing to tell you about it. And there's got to be times at the end of the day where you just say, okay, I'm where God wants me to be. I'm doing what God wants me to be. I've, I've brought it before him. He's given me peace in my heart uh, about this. I'm not going to allow this to explode into something, um, you know, the, the mountain out of the molehill thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really, really good. So, man, that went quick. It did, yeah. <laughs> that went quick. That's a very, that's powerful, really good, Dan. Thank you for just being real and sharing some of those stories. And I think we can all um, sympathize with that. Maybe some of us had stomach aches as you were talking because we all went back to the moment, sure. you know, when somebody put a finger in our face and said, you are the man. Um, not in a good way, in a wrong way. Right. You know, yeah. so, so as we sum this up, guys, listen, remember, one family doesn't equal the whole. Right. Be careful on who you share things with. Make mm-hmm. make sure first you're sharing this before the Lord. Yeah. You can learn from the criticism. So take some truth, some nuggets of truth of it and and capitalize on it. I think we talked about that in communication. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I don't cross my arms when I'm in front of the crowd anymore. Right. You know, in a situation like that. And then <clears throat> listen, we all are sinners. You can't expect them to handle it right. You know, yeah. they did not watch a TED Talk on how to confront someone before they confronted <laughs> you. That would have been nice, but probably not. So you get that, hey, on, on it's a good West Virginia truck, yeah. on, on Sunday, shake their hand, give them a yeah. fist bump or bump their elbow, whatever we're doing in this crazy time, and smile. Yeah, you know, you know, don't allow this to come between you and another brother yeah. in Christ. If you need to apologize, apologize. We'll talk about yeah. that later, and just make things right and go on. And if you want, man, if this was just the icing on the cake for you, and you want to get into this a little more, let me um, encourage you on a couple books. There's multiple books out there, but a couple books with this. Number one, ministering to peep problem people in your church. What to do with well-intentioned dragons? <laughs> so that book comes highly recommended. Also, Joel Beakey and, and his um, pastoral assistant there at seminary, Nick Thompson, just finished a book. I just heard a podcast about it. I've not read it, but it's called Pastors and Their Critics, hmm. A Guide to Coping with Criticism hmm. in the Ministry. Hmm. And it, it seems very practical. You can get a summary of it on the Gospel Coalition's website. If you search it, and I think that book can help you yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, we may pastor middle schoolers, but we're not middle schoolers. Mm. And if people, you know, in middle school, you gather your posse and you you try to align yourself with people who you know will agree with you, and then you come out for battle. Mm-hmm. And we've got to learn how to handle things as as adults. We're in leadership, therefore... Uh, people are watching how we handle those criticisms. And so uh, very important. Thank you for listening today. It's really been uh, fun um, to address this topic in in particular, and we can all learn from it. We look forward to 
to talking with uh, some more folks in the in the future. We've got some interviews coming up. Don't forget to to like to share this podcast with someone else who you might think it uh, would encourage uh, in their walk with the Lord uh, in their role, especially as uh, the second chair. And so thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.